Yep. I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. I feel the need for need for speed. Ow! Good morning, Vietnam! What country are you from? What? What? what ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? We love some movie characters, and sometimes the best way to get into the characters we love most is to dig deep into their motives, their calling, their sense of self, and talk about what they really, really want. This is movie typing, where we select, engage, and unveil the intentions and drive of the greatest characters on film. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado. With me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and today, nerd culture enthusiast. Nerd culture enthusiast. My man. What's up? We are talking something today. Yeah, we are. We're going to talk about typing in the Avengers. The Avengers. Folks with superpowers. So, TJ, yeah. if you got to choose a superpower, mm-hmm. what are you going with? I've always been most drawn to the eccentric billionaire with uh, serious daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> Is your daddy the one that neglected you all young, or did you watch daddy get shot with his wife in an alley? I, I, I like the toys. That's the thing I like. <laughs> the toys are so... I, that's my favorite part of both Iron Man and Batman. I love me some Batman. Yeah, me too. And do like the Iron Man characters. I'm uh, I'm going with speed. Okay. The Quicksilver th- scenes mm-hmm. in the new X-Men movies, uh-huh. love it. Sure. I'm not that guy who drives fast. Yeah. I ski recklessly. Oh, yeah. Um, I am trying really hard as I, I start to, I've started biking this summer and I'm trying mm-hmm. to really sit, tell myself, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. Yeah. So when on skis, I don't care. Sure. But well, when on skis, you're not surrounded by people who are yeah. looking at their phones while they're driving. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that scene in X Men uh, with the Quicksilver, him breaking out. I love heist movies. Mm-hmm. And so they, they, uh, what? The Xavier Mansion blows up as Quicksilver's kind of walking up, mm-hmm. and he smells something, and he looks over and sees the explosion, and he puts yeah. on his headphones, and then it just, like, the Eurythmics drop. Mm. <laughs> and then he starts running through the mansion, saving people. Oh, so good. Uh-huh. What, what gets you into these sorts of movies? Uh, they're fun. It's entertainment. It's uh, as as I've spent so much time watching these movies over and over again, I've realized that I'm not actually that interested in superhero movies, but I do like really good storytelling. Mm. I think the first Iron Man movie is excellent storytelling. I, yes, I love Joss Whedon desperately. So, uh, the first two Avengers movies, yep, spectacular storytelling. I agree. Yeah. The callbacks mm-hmm. that they have placed throughout these, yep. either intentionally or that they have found reference for, have been 
you know, just exceptionally crafted. Mm-hmm. My thing about superhero movies is I love the embodiment of virtue. That is the thing about fantasy. Uh, fantasy is able to elevate our best selves and mm-hmm. worst selves and give them character traits and powers so that you can simply see here is your best self, your worst self in vibrant colors. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do that much work to make it realistic so that people will believe it. Yeah. The you can recognize the archetypes at work, yeah. at play in these characters. Yeah. This is, in fact, you know, a way to see your inner life mm-hmm. on the screen. And that the Enneagram in that way of giving names to what's going on inside of yourself, what your own superpowers are in terms of your type, um, seems to me to be the same sort of thing that attracts me to these kinds of movies. Yeah. Uh, my favorite of that sort is The Incredibles, because yeah. all the characters in The Incredibles are, their personalities are their superpowers. And so it's like the father who's just doing all the heavy lifting or the yeah. mom who mm-hmm. is stretching herself or the daughter who's protective and yeah. wants to be invisible uh-huh. or hyperactive kid or yeah. the baby who's got all the Completely potential. Completely unpredictable. Yeah, yeah, there it is. <laughs> so that's how the, the Avengers strike me. It's uh, And fortunately or unfortunately for us, it's not like we're doing a movie review. There are 22 movies. Right. Yeah, this isn't a movie review. We don't have time for that. <laughs> we, we have, there is so much to dig through in order to pull out some of uh, some thoughts on these characters. Um, it seems to me in these characters, we can see the nine types because if you're a good screenwriter, you establish the motives of your characters. And it's not just... Um, the guy with flying superpowers goes here, then he goes there, and then a dragon came out, and then there was a plane. Because that's boring. Right, yeah, that's not storytelling. You have to establish motive. Right. And yeah. it's from the motive that then you create drama and tension, mm-hmm. and what is the character going to do? And that's how we connect to any of the characters. So we're going to look at a person and type them. So let's talk about that, because this is a very important uh, issue yep. when talking about the Enneagram. Yep. Uh, what are the rules for typing people? Uh, the number one rule for typing other people is don't. This is agreed upon across the board. Yeah. I know oh, yeah. very few people who say, you know what? It's yeah. real healthy to judge people in yeah, this way. It's really not. And even when a lot of the experts will talk about like celebrities or uh, historical figures, like there's, there's still that caveat is that, that we can't possibly know the inner motivations of another person where does your mind go with so i find it real valuable to say about some famous people this person is likely a type like mine Mm -hmm. yeah you're not a bad person if you type other people and we all kind of do it the 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 real trick is you have to hold that loosely Yes. You have to recognize that you do not know the motivation of another person. So you are, it's an entirely possible that you're wrong. It's also the case that there is a judgmentalism that comes in and, and can be destructive. It's, I have power over you because I can judge you according to your inner motivations. And that may, well, one that can be quite offensive. Right. And, and and that's that's not okay even if you do know the other person's number like yeah. if they have well, chosen they have yep. identified their number to you and you use that as a way to uh, to exact judgment on them that's also not okay so you'll hear us 
using nine numbers, and we're going around a circle, and each of the numbers represents a motivation or a way of seeing the world. Um, oftentimes, when I talk about typing, I say something to the extent of, imagine you're at the zoo and you're on the phone with me, and I have a map, mm. and I start asking you questions. Do you see the lions on the left? Mm. Are there monkeys in front of you? Um, can you see a lake? Mm -hmm. And if they can't see the lake, you just move on. If you, yeah. if the monkeys are somewhere there, then you say, we'll talk about the monkeys. Yeah. And when we go through the Avengers, that's essentially what we're going to be doing. We're going to be saying, what motivates this character? And do they try to get the things they want aggressively? Or do they try to earn them? Or are they withdrawing? And over and again, you'll see the character's uh, doing that consistently. Mm -hmm. That's one of the great things about these films is they're pretty on point i found mm -hmm. there's only a couple characters that i was like i think they're all over the board here yeah or uh a, a few characters that are are written sort of thin yeah uh the actor can bring enough of their own personality to the role and so the character is written kind of thin yeah and that happens that's fine there are two characters we're going to talk about that experienced a lot of trauma mm -hmm. and this actually it made me glad that I wasn't able to type them cleanly the way I wanted to. Mm. And that showed to me that, again, the screenwriters are getting it right. Yeah. They've experienced so much abuse yeah. that it's actually quite difficult to see what is motivating them because the issues they have yeah. are, are huge yeah. and obviously overtake quite a bit um, of their you know, the, their personality that's just wired into them. So I think it would be important to note here that we are exclusively talking about the characters as portrayed in the MCU. True. We're not talking about the TV shows. I have read literally zero of the comic books. <laughs> so we're only talking about the MCU characters. Do you have any villains? I skipped villains. I got a couple of villains. You got some villains. Okay. I actually tried to hit, actually I hit all of the villains from the Avengers movies. Oh. The main villains. Well, that'll so, be interesting. All three of them. Um, I will, I will adjust as we're going. All right. And bring out some color there. Okay. So we're going to go around the circle. TJ and I have both gone our separate ways. We have developed our own lists and we've come back and we have gone through each of the types and we have ourselves tried to pinpoint the motivations of the of characters that resonate with each of the types. Now we will go through each of the numbers and if our number matches, if it's the same, then we'll talk about that number. Mm -hmm. If it's the case that we differ, one of us will say punt, we'll send it down the road and then I think at the end, we can say, okay, these are the four or five characters that we disagreed on. And then we'll have a, what, typing throwdown. Yeah, love that. All right. So so that's it. So you ready to go? Here we go. I want to start with the twos. Sure. For a specific reason. Because, as you know, there is a movie coming out with one Peter Parker, apparently in Europe. In my list, I got the Spider-Man as a two. Hey, me too. Let's talk about it. All right. What do you What do you see uh, motive-wise for the Spider-Man? For me, it's it's summed up in his scene with Tony, where he says, "Look, when you can do the things that I can, but you don't, and then the bad things happen. They happen because of you. 
he is motivated yeah. by shame. Yeah. It is all over that line. And and it's an it's an earning. Yes. He's trying to earn what? Earn the right to have the powers that he has. Ooh, okay. Because he really holds those powers in high regard. Yeah, because he was nothing before he had that. He knows he can't go play football. He can't do these other things because he he's different now. There is all kinds of language about him trying to prove himself. Yep. In uh, especially in in homecoming. Yeah. Um, that seems like the big thing. The stance works. Let's let's go there. So the motive for how would you describe the motive for a two? To to be needed, to be useful, uh, to 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 earn love by by being valuable in another person's life that motive moves into the stance for twos Mm -hmm. which is earning uh, attention or earning affection Mm -hmm. um how do you see that playing out in this character and it's it's all over the place it's um in the way that uh, he is is doing all of the things that he does in in order to to earn his place he he wants to be an avenger he wants to be helpful he wants to do as much as he possibly can to be of assistance to these other people, namely Tony Stark. In the movie Homecoming, my favorite dialogue between the two characters begins with Tony saying, What if somebody had died tonight? Different story, right? Because that's on you. And if you died, I feel like that's on me. I don't need that on my conscience. Yes, sir. I'm yes. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, it doesn't matter. I understand. I just, I just wanted to be like you. And I wanted you to be better. Okay, it's not working out. I'm going to need the suit back. For how long? Forever. Yeah. Yeah, that's No, no, works. no. Please, please, please. Mr. Let's Stark, have it. You don't understand. This, this is all I have. I'm nothing without this suit. If you're nothing without this suit, then you shouldn't have it. Okay? God, I sound like my dad. He needs Stark's approval. Yep. The I wanted to be just like you is emerging mm-hmm. that... It seems to me, especially on the I'm going to earn this mm-hmm. side of things, he's going to merge with Tony's personality. And this is going to be, I imagine, what he's really wrestling with since I've seen the trailers for the yeah. next movie. What he's really wrestling with is now that Tony's gone. Yeah. How does he find his own identity right. without the person who he was trying to earn mm-hmm. attention and affection from? Yep. He's a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Got to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. going to earn the attention of all the little guys. Yeah. So the character arc, it seems to me, for for the character has been something like first he finds his powers and then he's he's waiting by the phone, waiting for Tony to call him. Like, has he called? Is he called? Is he called? Um, and that's that whole first movie of trying to get to that space where he feels like he's wanted specifically by this father figure. Yeah. And obviously Spider-Man doesn't have a father figure or his father figure died. Yeah. I would even take it a step further and, and point out that he's not waiting by the phone. He's not passively sitting. Yeah. He's calling happy like yes. every other minute. The, the needing to be needed. Yeah. And and like, <laughs> like reaching right. out to earn, like, please love me. Give me your attention. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's the first movie in Infinity War. Tony knights him at one point. He says, "Okay, kid, you're an Avenger now." Yeah. But he feels it at least where yeah. he like yeah, stands a little taller. His, yeah. Right. His chest gets bigger. Yeah. Now he dies in the Thanos snap, mm-hmm. and that is a, there's not a whole lot going on for Spider-Man and the rest of Infinity War and, and into uh, 
Endgame, but at the end of Endgame, he gets the hug. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And he says something, oh, that feels nice, or something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. But that is the character arc of Tony, who was in Homecoming, just laying him out the door, and he tried to hug him, and he says, yeah. no, no, we're not there yet. Yep, this and isn't at, a hug. At the end, he gets the hug from the one whose approval he has needed this whole time. Yeah. Talk, talk about the hug in terms of this character's arc. And is that a healthy thing for a two? Is this him actually winning? Is this him becoming average? I'm not exactly sold yet that we've seen a ton of his arc. Um, big part of that is because there's still, what, two more movies of his to come out? Yep. Uh, we're still in the early part of, of seeing who Spider-Man is and who he's going to become. Like the uh, the... To my knowledge, the comic books move him out of high school, and 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 Peter Parker becomes a man. And and what is it like for this seventeen-year-old kid to grow up? This is part of his growing up, and it, it being able to embrace that father figure and and have a a relationship in that way. I think that's that's a nod towards that. But I don't I I don't know that I really see much of an arc happening there. Yeah. And that was my take too, Mm -hmm. is with some of these other characters we'll talk about, they have an arc and it goes some places and he doesn't, but that's because he just got introduced and he's formative. Spoiler in the comics, he becomes the head of the Avengers. Okay. So. (laughs) Because why not? Uh, Do you have any other twos? Uh, I mean, Mantis is the easy one, but she's thin so we should talk about that real quick but because there's a couple of mantis lines that Mm -hmm. are really good in terms of saying this is the way that twos function sure i loved the line if i touch someone i can feel their feelings you read minds no telepaths know thoughts empaths feel feelings emotions the twos naturally Mm mm-hmm uh, their energy is outward, yeah. reading the emotions of others yep. so that they can get bearings on where they're at emotionally. Mm-hmm. And and sense what other people need. Strong need for her to earn the attention of others. Mm-hmm. Anything else on the... Nothing on Mantis. I'm ready for a bomb, though. Okay. My other two. I worked on... Oh, you got another two? I got another two. Good, because I have another two. Who's your Great. other two? Black Widow. No! Yes. Ah, oh, that's a punt. Okay. So, we'll so Black Widow is one of those trauma. She's got some trauma. Oh, I got I got the clincher. I'm okay. excited to talk about that. My other two, which may be a punt for you, is Thor. Oh, that's crazy talk. It punt. is. <laughs> I got the goods on this one. So we got two punts. Okay, so for threes. Yep. I got a three. We so got an obvious three, I imagine. Iron Man. It is the Tony Stark. Yep. Uh, Success-oriented, pragmatic. All about the attention. All about the attention. man, he loves attention. Ambitious character. Yep. Competent character. Uh, Three's motivation is... Uh, To be successful, to avoid the appearance of failure. There is a energy and vision and, yeah, that presentation that comes forth mm-hmm. in a lot of threes that you see all over this character. Yep. Um, he is for sure in the aggressive stance. Yes. No question. Yeah. When we've looked at lists of yeah. all the characters, so the when, uh, when the end game came out, there were a handful of folks that posted on uh, 
on typing the uh, Avengers, mm-hmm. and that was it. I thought I saw three sevens and eights all over the place. Yeah, yeah. For different. I reasons. saw one five, and then I just stopped reading that person's <laughs> list. It's like that's no. Just because he's smart, no. Like, he's yeah. super aggressive. My favorite uh, three line is when um, Steve Rogers comes to him and says, Big man in a suit of armor. Take that off. What are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. He knows exactly his yep. personality type yep. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and he has and he's ready. Wants to be successful. Yep. Wants to avoid failure. Where do you see that in the character? Uh, I think. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about this in the um, preparing for a debate about whether he is a three or a seven. And I think sevens reframe their experiences to be entertainment and threes reframe their experiences to be successes. Mm. And you see this in Tony Stark over and over again. He, he reframes the failures that he's had into something successful. So he takes all of the money that he's used, that he's gained in operating a war machine and starts building towards peace. Mm. He continually uses what he has in order to do something better. Yep. Yeah. That's good. When they introduce uh, the first Iron Man, there's a voiceover guy who's telling who Tony Stark is who says, visionary, genius, American patriot. Stark quickly stole the spotlight. Yeah. And you're like, oh. It's because he's a three. My favorite happens real early on after the cave. And I'm curious, this is, we haven't talked about arrows yet, but there's something that I found profound um, when it's the best line, I think, in the first movie where Stark comes back and he says, I never got to say goodbye to my father. There's questions that I would ask him. I would ask him how he felt about what this company did. If he was conflicted, if he ever had doubts. Or maybe he was every inch the man we all remember from the newsreels. I saw young Americans killed by the very weapons I created to defend them and protect them. And I saw that I had become part of a system that is comfortable with zero accountability. Hey, Ben. What happened over there? Uh, I, I had my eyes open. I came to realize that I have more to offer this world than just making things to blow up. And that is why, effective immediately, I am shutting down the weapons manufacturer division of Stark International until such a time as I can... He goes to peacemaker yep. in stress. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been beat up and what he's selling the world isn't working. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of a dynamic way of showing that mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm going to quit making weapons, but it's the peacemaker side of him in stress yeah. moves into the forefront there. Yeah. Anyway. Well, in the, um, I think we like, like if we really wanted to talk about arrows, we could do that all over the place with his character. Cause he's in almost every movie. Yeah. Um, uh, in Iron Man three, he showcases like he, he has what 47 different sub models, like these prototypes that he's just, he just tinkering all over the place. Yeah. It's like, that is a representation of the nine just 
unproductive doing. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. On the flip side, uh, he goes to six in security yeah. and finds more of his identity in the team and mm-hmm. elevating others. And yep. clearly that's what happens, or at least is part of his character arc in the whole of the Avengers, yep. is I'm going to elevate these other people mm-hmm. into places of prominence and success. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. My favorite example in terms of the character arc for him is the last lines of the first Iron Man in which he's having the press conference again. There's been speculation that I was involved in the events that occurred, the freeway and the rooftop. I'm sorry, Mr. Stark, but do you honestly expect us to believe that that was a bodyguard in a suit that conveniently appeared despite the fact that... I know that it's confusing. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you're a superhero. Didn't? Mm-mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. And there's the yeah. three coming yeah. forth. Yeah. And there's a transformation here. Yeah. Because he had been the weapons dealer who was making bombs that were killing um, his own uh, countrymen. Mm-hmm. And now he has found a new identity. In fact, okay, this was the thing. Um, in terms of stances, he says, I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly with this uh, laundry list of character defects, all the mistakes I've made, largely public. The truth is, I am Iron Man. He just owns it, and then, you know, the needle drops. He doesn't want to let anyone else get the attention for that. Yeah. Yeah. The stance that he has Mm -hmm. is he, uh, being a three, demands attention. Yeah. Threes are repressed in their feeling center. Mm -hmm. The entire first movie is about whether or not Tony has a heart. Yep. And it's about him finding his heart. Yeah. And that ends, him finding his heart ends up being that. Yeah. It's I I have discovered who I am outside of who my father was, outside of who everybody else thinks I am. Um, her quote, the, the reporter who, who does such a great job in this movie, the reporter comes up to him at the beginning of the movie and it's something like, Hey, uh, what do you think about your nickname? The Da Vinci of our times. And mm-hmm. he's like, I don't, I don't jive with that. You know, I don't paint. And then she says, what about your other nickname? The merchant of death. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, that's better. Yeah. And it's like, he's still aggressively getting attention, yeah. but he doesn't have a heart because, yeah. because he's feeling repressed. He's like, I can blow things up. Mm-hmm. Here's the Jericho missile. You yeah. Know, and, can destroy large swaths of terrain without caring about civilian casualties and the rest. Right. To me, in terms of the character arc, so there's the motivations and there's the stances, but the character arc of his character goes a handful of places, Mm -hmm. and he's such a well-developed character because there's always something new. They work through workaholism in in Iron Man 2, and then Iron Man 3 has that do-I-need-these-suits kind of thing going on. The thing that hit me most with his character is he comes back at the beginning of Endgame and Steve Rogers meets him and they've had issues. That's been the whole story. The, the, these two have been in, in a war, mm-hmm. in the Civil War. Yeah. They've been fighting each other. This has been an issue. And he essentially gets off the plane. He looks at uh, Rogers and he says, I couldn't stop him. And... Roger says, neither could I. And Stark says, I lost a kid. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how to get in touch with his heart right. there. Right. And 
that also is failure. Mm-hmm. And it's a different kind of failure than he had experienced before. Yeah, he's never had this. Yeah. And it circles back. That's where that whole last movie is so great, I think, with his story. Ends up being he's lost a kid and he doesn't want to lose another kid. Mm-hmm. And he there's there's a line that occurs in the first Avengers. I know guys with none of that worth ten of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play, to lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you. I think I would just cut the wire. Always a way out. There's always a way out. That is the character arc because that's where his story ends. And his development as a person, it's not quickly gotten to where he really sacrifices himself. Like at the end of the first Avengers, he does. He goes up into the outer space with the missile right. and lets it go. And that's supposed to, I think, be the payoff for mm-hmm. that line, that he is the one to make the sacrifice play. Right. But it's really different with the way that happens in uh, Endgame because he has a child and he has a wife and he ends up being very cognizant there at the end because Doctor Strange looks at him and says, hey, this is this is it right he's very cognizant that he's the one right well and there's there's like thinking about that that scene from the first avengers he he's not intending to sacrifice himself i think he knows that this might be the sacrifice play yeah but he doesn't die yeah in that and like he he intends to get rid of that missile and like he flies it through the portal but I, I wouldn't say that he knows that he's going to die from this. Mm. When he picks up that glove, yeah. there's no chance it's that clear. he's going to live through that. Yeah. No way. He saw what happened to Hulk earlier. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Robert Downey Jr. just just destroys it as an it's, actor. Uh, At the beginning of that movie, damn. The entire series the whole mcu 22 movies however many he's in nails it the it's true there's few people who could do iron man and the first the first movie and make that character just blow up yep brings us to number four uh who do you got for four fours uh i would put uh scarlet witch as a four i got a punt for you on that oh come on i read through those quotes so many times <sighs> and she is such a person on the line for me but i but i had to go with a different number all right we'll talk about that later we'll then. Talk, <laughs> talk about that number. can you give me loki no, you got Loki as four? Yes. I got him as a three oh, for come sure. On. No, he's he's got a hard three wing. It takes a thief to catch a thief is what you said <sighs> about threes long ago. And there's a great line at the end of Avengers where they're trying to figure out Loki's plans. And Stark says, you know, what Loki wants is to build a tower to the sky with his name on. <gasps> oh, crap. And then he realizes that Loki's in his tower with his name on it because right. it takes a thief to catch a thief. <laughs> well, I don't have any notes on Loki, so let's talk about Loki as a four. Why do you think that Loki's a four? Uh, I think that Loki is—I mean, he's a trickster and like all of that other stuff. But but at his core, he feels like he is an outsider all the time. He's he's Asgardian, and he's always been in 
Thor's shadow. He's he's not actually Asgardian, and he's always felt on the outside. I th- I can see him right on that line. Mm-hmm. So this will be one of the things that we'll talk about in future podcasts is wings and how wings work, because our type often uh, uses or pushes into the types to our left and to our right for stability and mm-hmm. takes on some of their character traits. It seems to me that Loki has a very demanding personality. There's a scene in Avengers 1 where he stands up in front of everybody, tells them to kneel. Um, There is a demand for attention there. Mm -hmm. That seems to me to be his personality. And the deceptive side, I suppose that's the other thing that just off the top of my head strikes me is he's a liar. Sure. As opposed to melancholic? Uh, Envy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. Um, do, all right, so I want to introduce this just to do it for fun with Loki. Um, in Chris Harowitz's uh, fantastic book, The Sacred Enneagram, they have a mistyping chart that is just phenomenal. I use it every other day. It simply puts the differences between types. So you can kind of see in a little bit more vibrant colors, here's where two of the types might go differently so for threes and fours let me just i'll shout these out to you and see where see where you go threes often focus on performance and fours often focus on their feelings where's loki on that i would put him on feelings self-disciplined or self-indulging purely self-indulging i think that's right yeah is he success oriented or introspective yeah the success oriented on that one is he detached or emotional Oh, I think he's highly emotional. I think he's highly emotional also. Yeah. Um, socially confident or socially unconfident? That one's <laughs> tricky. What? Have you God. seen Ragnarok? Yeah, but I, I think that he's, I mean, there is a certain amount of playing a role there, but um, I, I think he always feels like he doesn't fit. It seems to me that he navigates those relationships, puts mm. forth the face that he needs to in order to get ahead sure. quite easily. Yeah. He is on the line, obviously. Yeah. It's going both ways here. Adaptable or different? Both. Yeah, see, I think you're right. Be impressive or be themselves? Both. It is totally a both. You don't yeah. wear that hat if you, <laughs> yeah. if you don't want to be yourself. Uh, minimizes suffering, dramatizes suffering. Oh, he super dramatizes yeah, he suffering. Positive self-image or negative self-image? That's a hard one. I don't think it is. No? I think he has a super negative self-image. I think he sees himself as always the second, always the I one guess, in yeah, someone else's when, shadow. He, this is true. When he reveals who he is, when he reveals his insecurities yeah. about his adoption. Yeah. And it's not just insecurity. He's mad. Yeah. He's mad that he was adopted. Yeah. Did you have Thor as a three? Did you have him somewhere else on I your have list? Him. No, I have him somewhere else. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Okay, so four being a brother to a different... See, the four... Oh, let's see. Four-two combo. That'll be interesting. That'll be a relationship on the arrows, yeah, which is also going to be a future podcast for us. And totally irrelevant because Thor's not a two. (laughs) Just wait. I got... You all can't see this, but I have an asinine amount of notes in front of me it's amazing it is <laughs> i wrote ten thousand words for this podcast which is a fifth of a book it is a fifth of a, of a book for this podcast that's how much i love you all okay so uh force any other force 
No, you shot down all of mine. <laughs> what was your other four? Oh, uh, Scarlet Witch. Oh, okay, that's right. It was a punt. Okay, so I got as my four. Um, I only have one four, and that would be Hawkeye. Withdrawn. Punt. Where's purple? Enough said. Come on. <laughs> He's got prints written all over him. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Okay, so that's a punt. <laughs> um, all right, so moving on to the fives. And I bet we got the same fr- five to get rolling on. That one's easy. It is easy. So who's your five? Doctor Strange. He is. And I've also got Scarlet Witch as a five, So we'll, but we'll save that for later. But um, let's talk about fives and uh, what's their motivations? Uh, to gather enough resources to be competent and capable and... Uh, f- having all of the information there is a there are lists of you feel good if Mm -hmm. and often for fives it's i feel good if i've mastered something thoroughly yeah and that seems to be a primary for that character um the uh trailer came out for dr strange and i remember this just real vividly of him being in you know, in bad shape, but looking at someone and just like out of his deepest self saying, teach me. And that seems to me to be an unveiling of the heart of a five. Yeah. Of, of sometimes you enter that spot where you just need help and you think the escape is going to be through knowledge. Yeah. There's a scene with him and the ancient one. And she says, You have such a capacity for goodness. You always excelled, but not because you crave success, but because of your fear of failure. That's what made me a great doctor. It's precisely what kept you from greatness. She brings up fear a couple times, Mm -hmm. and she brings up arrogance a couple times. Do fives come across as arrogant as well? Uh, I think they absolutely can. can. Yeah. Because they do have all of the knowledge. And so when you speak from a place of certainty, you are inevitably going to sound arrogant to someone. My favorite quote that really showcased this character comes real early in the in the self-titled movie where he's talking to um, Christine Palmer, who's the girlfriend character. This isn't the end. There are other things that can give your life meaning. Like what? Like you. And then she's clearly hurt. Yeah. And says, And this is the part where you apologize. And he doubles down and says, This is the part where you leave. Um, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. He has a future that's coming up yeah. um, that he's afraid of. Yeah. And yet he is withdrawing in order to, to, to figure out how am I going to wrestle with this new body that I have. Yeah. He doesn't have mastery anymore. That becomes a real interesting thing as well in terms of the physicality of Doctor Strange is he can't use his hands Mm -hmm. and the being action repressed side of fives, Mm -hmm. I think gets embodied there. It's kind of a symbol of that that type of personality, that type of character. Yeah. You know what I mean there? Yeah. Character arc Mm -hmm. for him ends up being he gets humbled. He's Mm -hmm. in a car wreck and pain becomes his enemy yeah and that's real clear that he's fighting through this pain trying to overcome the pain trying to get to a place where he can move his hands again so that he can be successful again that's not really the goal 
Yeah, I don't think it's about being successful. I think he's this is the only thing he knows how to do. Oh, he and, finds and his place in the world through if, if he if he's not the thing that he spent his entire life becoming, yeah, then he isn't anything. If he's not completely competent in this field of study, then he has nothing. It's his his own self worth is seen in his competence of a field of study. Mm. If you take that away, then well, then it's insecurity. Yeah, in 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 that very five ish kind of way. Yeah. He doesn't know how to navigate the world if he's not one of the best surgeons in the world. There is a line that he says to the ancient one again. This, this doesn't make any sense. All of this mysticism and crap. I mean, you're asking me to open my mind to the possible. What possibilities? You want me to believe in the impossible? About fairy tales? About energy? The power of belief? I came here because I believed you could help me not turn me into a magician. The move out of his pain, pain is the enemy, mm-hmm. is actually, it's a, it's, it's a conversion. He has a religious conversion. Mm-hmm. He has a, I'm going to take off a certain set of glasses. These are naturalistic glasses, mm-hmm. materialistic glasses. And he's putting on glasses that have a very spiritual side to them yeah. of being able to engage spirit and energy they're unseen in order to bring that into your present reality he's invited to see a different world yeah and there are just a couple of what would you call them um evidences where he he's essentially shown the different world and then once he gets a taste then it's this is a world i need to understand mm-hmm. push all the chips into yeah. and understand fully yeah. I want to know everything there is to know about this new thing. And that's the five move yeah. right there. Yep. The last line ends up being it's him in front of the, you know, the big boss with the Dormammu. Yeah. And he can do this forever. He yep. can kill Doctor Strange over and over and over again, but Doctor Strange has one thing on his side. Yeah. Is is he can hit reverse on the VCR. Yep. Um his line to Dormammu <laughs> Yes, but everyone on Earth will live. But you will suffer. Pain's an old friend. And there's the move. There's mm-hmm. the character arc. Mm-hmm. It's he's been running from pain, but he has this new mystical experience. He understands the world, mm-hmm. and now pain has become his ally, even. Yeah. Um, and that seems to me to be the growth of the character. Real similar to Spider-Man, though. He's got. He only has one movie. And he's he's not necessarily a side character in Infinity War. There's a mm-hmm. lot of stuff that goes on, but his his story has not been told. Right. And so, in terms of like the growth that you see in a five displayed in this character, that probably hasn't happened yet mm-hmm. um, to its fullest extent. Right. Um. I got Scarlet Witch as a five, and we'll talk about that in our typing section. And I put Hawkeye as a five. So, Ooh, another big one, though. Oh, come on. Vision. I had Vision as a nine, but I didn't do a lot of study there. I think that was a gut thing. Sure. Do, let's do Vision. Um, yeah. I, have, I, I have no notes for Vision. Okay. So um, my big thing is that um, he, as uh, sort of centering on his position as the observer, he's always trying to understand. Yeah. And that's, that's his whole existence, is trying to understand. Is it... 
would Vision be, since he can pick up the hammer, of course. Right. The healthiest version of a five? Um, it's tricky because Vision's an android. Okay. So he's sure. not he's not human. Yeah. And he's an overlay of several different personalities as well as the Mind Stone. Yeah. So he is. I I I wouldn't necessarily say that he's particularly healthy, but I don't know that we could say he's unhealthy because he's an android. He hasn't fully come into his sort of humanity yet. As we start to really see that come out, especially with his um, his tryst with the Scarlet Witch and, and wherever they are, um, th- as we start to see that come out of him, his humanity is growing and, and he's coming more and more into himself as opposed to the android that was. Um, that's when we start to see him die. Ooh. I didn't think you were going there. That's interesting. The things that hit me as nine-ish, mm-hmm. and this obviously isn't, uh, you know, stamping as him as a nine. But if I was talking to Vision, it's like, okay, well, what's your what's your number here? Some of the things that I see in his life that I'd bring up would be something like he seems like a very tranquil mm-hmm. personality, and yeah. that that's what he wants. Yeah, um, seems to be a mediating peacemaking kind of force mm-hmm. in that age of Ultron movie. That's what the hammer scenes about. Sure. He, there's a fight going on yeah. and that's why he picks up the hammer in the first place is to bring some resolution there. Yeah. There's a goal oriented nature to some of the stuff that vision does. That seems to me like the healthiest side of a nine mm-hmm. And his attitude just strikes me as, and that's in, you can't really read too much into that, but he just seems to have that energy. Sure. Um, maybe he has some and body issues. I actually read a lot of that more five-ish. Okay. Like, even those same issues, I see that more five. I, I don't think that he's trying to keep the peace. I think he is the only one there that is capable of true objectivism. And not what you are. And not what you intended. So there may be no way to make you trust me. But we need to go. Yeah. Okay, so there is a... Is it wisdom? Is it I can see all the sides? And it's a it's a detachment from uh, the emotional investment. That's uh, part of what fives bring. Sure. Is that um, like everyone else at the table has an emotional investment in the outcome. Fives are the ones that have studied the, the full picture and they don't have the same kind of emotional attachment. I see ones mistyping with fives all the time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's real common for nines. No, it's uh, according to the sacred Enneagram. It is actually quite common. Mm -hmm. Just to go down the list real quick. Is vision more intense or soft? Both, I think. He strikes me as both. His conversation with Ultron at the end, which I think is just brilliant, Mm -hmm. ends up coming across to me as a real soft conversation. He's soft-hearted. Super intense to me. Do you? Well, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, strong-minded or easygoing? Strong-minded. Argumentative or comforting? Comforting. Distant or receptive? Yes. <laughs> Suspicious or trusting? Yes. I think he's a trusting, receptive character. Focused or diffuse? Focused. I think he's focused. Penetrating or unfocused? Penetrating. Yeah. Theory or fantasy? 
Oh, theory. Yeah, I think that's right. Particularities or generalities? Yes. Ooh, yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I think you're right. Is he a pessimistic or optimistic character? I'd probably say more optimistic, given the trajectory of what happens yeah. to him from from birth to, like, Ultron is the pessimistic android. Vision is the optimistic one. Yeah. His opti- Oh, that's good. Yeah, because yeah, his Jarvis side yeah. is very pessimistic. Mm-hmm. His relationship with, um, is it Wanda? Is that yeah. Scarlet Witch's name? Mm-hmm. Wanda ends up being optimistic in my mind. He's mm-hmm. very positive about yeah. all the th- the futurists. Well, and even his conversation with Ultron at the end of the movie. Yeah. They're doomed. Yes. But a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. That's true. Uh, high strung or peaceful? Peaceful. Uh, disconnects from others, merges with others. I don't think he does either of those things. He seems like he really wants that. I feel you is his last or the last words he says to Wanda. Well, specifically to Wanda, though. Yeah, he's merging. No, he's not. <laughs> he's trying to, to express a human emotion. Defensive or accommodating? He is not accommodating, but he's not defensive either. Yeah, I think that's that's good. Complexifies things, simplifies things. This is a long list on this one. That is a huge list. <laughs> uh, simplifies. Detaches or spaces out. I don't think he does either of those yeah, things. I, I think that's right. I think that's not... He's ha- he's so healthy that that wouldn't be right. something common. Right. Um, so yeah, so cl- Vision's clearly a nine. Okay, so uh, <laughs> moving on to six. <laughs> Do you have any sixes? Uh, yeah, I've got a bunch of sixes. You do not. I have so many sixes. <laughs> Shoot, my list of sixes this, is very long. So TJ's gonna win on this one because <laughs> I, as I've said in previous podcasts, do not understand sixes. I only have one six, and it's Ant Man, and that's a stretch for me. I don't think he's a six. Oh, would you <laughs> punt? All right. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to hear my list? Yeah, I do. Uh, War Machine. Oh, okay. So, oh, sure. He's okay. a company man. Yep. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't put him down. Okay. Uh, Ro- Rody. Rody. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as uh, in particular, uh, the scene where he's talking with Tony after uh, Vision almost kills him on mm-hmm. accident, mm-hmm. and he is at the end of Civil War. He's trying out his new legs. His back is broken, and he says. I signed because it was the right thing to do. And yeah, this sucks. This is, uh, this is a bad beat, but it hasn't changed my mind. I don't think that one's, like, I, I see him portrayed as a one in a, lot of, in a lot of the list that I looked at. And I don't think that ones would have the same kind of, I'm certain that I did the right thing, even though this looks terrible. So sixes are going to be motivated by a need for security. Yeah. That would probably come out really cleanly in that character mm-hmm. of I'm going to get in a big ass metal suit yep. that can fly and yep. kill things. Yep. <laughs> Loyalist, the guardian. And he's certainly loyal. Sixes and ones both have a very strong sense of doing the right thing. Sixes do it because it's what's expected of them. Yeah. There is an earning there. Yeah. Taking place. Yeah. Uh, who else you got? Uh, Maria Hill. Oh, sure. It's uh, not much to talk about that, there. So she's the um, Colby Smulders. Nick Fury's assistant? 
the number Character. two. Yeah, yeah. Again, uh, loyalist, like the the perfect number two. The exact right person you want to have is your your number two in an organization yeah. like Shield. That makes sense. Yeah. You will notice that I do not have a six on my list anymore after we got in a scuffle about this already. And I have already moved one Nick Fury off of my six oh, list. Yeah, I didn't even think <laughs> about that. I yes. sort of looked at all the quotes and I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm totally wrong here. We'll get there. Eights <laughs> are coming. Uh, also, Rocket. What? Rocket. Okay, that's a punt. Uh, you have Rocket as a six? Counterphobic. Okay. We'll talk anyway. about that later. Nebula. I have uh, that's a punt for me too. All right. Uh Falcon. I I had a yeah. hard time with Falcon. Yeah. So motivations there are support. He, he strikes me as I I don't have any notes for Falcon. He strikes me as a two. Okay. Off just off just I would gut. Two as well. I'm not fully settled yeah. on him. So. That'll be obviously they're gonna build into that character moving forward. Mm-hmm. So he may have a lot of a lot more, you know, energy and color that comes forth yeah. in the in the future film. Once he's less of a supporting role. <sighs> Rocket is a six. Yeah. Counterphobic. Interesting. Any other sixes? Nope. Who you got I mean, for seven? We could do some more, but they're all side characters. I imagine we have there's an obvious seven. So the one that, that we're gonna disagree on is Thor. Oh, you got Thor as a seven. Yeah. I can see we'll some seven-ish there. stuff there, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. That would be where I would I would have, uh, gut-wise, I think I had him. No, I think I listed him as a three when I did our list. That was just you know off the top of my head. Sure. But his stuff in in game, he obviously goes down the path of of gluttony. He is wearing the fat suit and all the rest, and mm-hmm. that seems to be he's trying to escape his problems that way. But there may be other stuff. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about we'll it. Talk I, about I, I don't, we'll get there. We We're going to pick this up next time. Uh, typing the rest of the Avengers 7 through 1. For now, however, we communicate through Twitter at Enneagram Circle and on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast. We would love to connect with you and hear your feedback. Three quick things. We're going to be releasing new episodes about once a month or so. Uh, you can find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. Our other podcast is called the Around the Circle Podcast. Or if you don't know your type yet, you want to see some of our basic stuff, we have another podcast feed called Start Here, which is worth hitting. Or you can just hit that typing test that's going to come after these first two introductory episodes. And, uh, of course, if you like this podcast, give us some stars or a review on the iTunes. That's always appreciated. And that's what I got. You got anything else, TJ? We got nothing, man. It's TJ Wilson. It's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. Who you aren't isn't interesting. We'll see you next time. Stand to the chopper! I drink your milkshake. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. To infinity and beyond! Serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.